That 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 must have been nice. Yeah. How, yeah it was... how fucking long were the two of you planning on keeping the the existence of Doogies a secret from me? Oh, you've been to Doogies, have you? No, I've not been to fucking Doogies. I just found out about it today. Yeah, Doogies what? is good, man. You like yeah. hot dogs and shit? Like, they used to yeah. call me the wiener master in high school, but I don't think it had anything to do with hot dogs now that I think about it. But regardless of all that. <laughs> okay. All right. We just had like a Jay and Silent Bob moment there. but What's Doogies? Doogies is a hot dog place in uh, Newington, Connecticut. In Newington, Connecticut. Oh, okay. Yep. They Dude, did they uh, had... one versus food there for the uh, giant two foot long hot dogs. Best it's hot dogs in the friggin' world. Martin Rosal. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. Kids, it's time to check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. With over 30 podcasts that encompass everything from horror to video games to comic books, and so much more, you're bound to find the shows for your taste. Whether it be Nerds of Unusual Origin, That Strange Show, Retro Red Octopus, Splash Pages, Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Still Token with... My God, man, I can't read all of these. So just feel free to play and experiment with the Dork Eating Podcast Network. There are over 30 shows chock full of nerdy goodness to sink your ears into. And they're all available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are broadcast. I, uh, yeah, I, I actually, I've only, like, Never in my life have I wished that smell-o-vision and taste-o-vision was such a thing because I saw a TikTok where a guy went there to do the two – It's it's it basically is four feet of hot dogs, but it's two two-foot dogs. Yeah. You have to get four toppings, um, two like two apiece on each dog, uh, and the fries that come with it, and a soda. You have 20 minutes to complete – all of it and uh this guy is from australia and he went at it i don't think he did it uh but he gave it a go uh, yeah. i will say the bread for the for the rolls it looked it looked excellent um but now, i'm not gonna lie that's my favorite hot dog <clears throat> in the world comes from that store like so i've so never been delicious. but i feel like if i if i do make it there which of course being the professional fat kid i am immediately after seeing that video i checked to see how long the drive time is from my house to that place that's and my it old is, neighborhood it is exactly two hours yeah that's my to old neighborhood like literally minute. i lived across the street and up the hill from from doogie so cool yeah, fuck you, you man because i so, so let's back there. up for a second what type of hot dog martin rosal rosal oh, okay i thought you were gonna say uh i thought you said rosslers no, and I didn't say Muckies, and I didn't say Groat and Weagle, and any of those other local ones. Okay. You know, well, I have no idea what what words are coming out of your faces right now. Not, All I know is the hot dogs look goddamn delicious. They're well, Polish, I, that's why. They're they're well, Polish. I love hot dogs. Center. Yeah. So, yeah. I well, mean, if hey, listen, if the Polish is ham is anything to go by, <laughs> then I am fucking on board, baby. Yeah, we got the meats. Arby's took it from us. Yeah, if you, if 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 Krakus is anything that you can use as a litmus test, then sign me right the fuck up. I am All right. That's, I, am, I mean, that's a low bar, but that's okay. Whatever, man. It's delicious. I mean, I'll fucking hold that up to Sarah Lee Honeyham any day of the fucking week. Yeah, she's a hack. Yeah, she is. <laughs> American ham. Figure sucks. out your lane. Is it bread or is it ham? <laughs> or is it pies? Pick or is one. it pie? Yeah. Come on. 
Why am I painting the the Sara Lee rolls too? You ever see that meme where a woman fucking burnt a Sara Lee like pumpkin pie for <laughs> Thanksgiving, and she straight up went to like Sara Lee's like Facebook page and was like, "Thanks a lot for ruining Thanksgiving, Sara Lee." And everyone was like, "She didn't walk into your house and treat that shit like Ron Popeil. Set it <laughs> and forget it," you know, like. It, it looked like something from the ruins of Pompeii. Like, for, <laughs> it, it was fucking terrible. Oh, man. <clears throat> but, yeah. So, re- regardless of all that, I, I just have to say, I I need to I need to get down to Doogie's at some point in the next, like, in the near future. I mean, probably not this winter. But, um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to make a, 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 a well, hot dog to, pilgrimage. You're going to go to Ted's, right? Um, so, if you make it to Ted's, you could always hit Doogie's on the way back. Yeah, whatever's clever, man. I just I just love hot dogs and I I there's so many different types within the entire region of New England that you know I've I've hit all the way up in Maine at Flo's. And if you've ever if you've oh my god, Flo's hot dog stand on Route One going yeah, in towards I, I the do like, I do like yeah. most most stuff from Maine. You know, it's it's got a different feeling up there. They make their own they make their own relish. It's purple. It's oh my god, the purple relish, celery salt, so I like the uh, the cherry peppers. There used to be a place called Frankie's uh, that had it, and I think these guys, I think Doogie's has it too. Yeah, check them out, Newington, Connecticut. Yep, Berlin yeah. Turnpike. All the Connecticut listeners, go get yourself a nice hot dog. You don't not like at all, dogs, not uh, at all like sponsoring this, by the way. We're, yeah, we're just we're just fat kids talking about food. That's that's all this is. Yeah, well, my my favorite is they have uh, one that is actually called the Reuben dog. So and it's like mm. a Reuben, but um. You know they they'll put like the uh, the Swiss cheese, the sauerkraut, the um, uh, Thousand Island, and they'll kind of like melt it with the hot dog in the bun, and kind of cook it that way. It's it's really good. Yeah. See, the the I like I like most of the Reuben. I I but I can't I can't eat. I hate fucking Thousand Island dressing. Yeah, I mean you I, could you could always do without that, but that's yeah. Oh, that's I could definitely part. always do without it. Believe me. I mean, me. The, the only other thing on there would be Swiss cheese. Then, so I don't know if the Reuben dog's right for you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like Swiss cheese. I I, don't, I like oh, sauerkraut. It's, I, oh, I it's just, near Weathersfield. Okay. Yeah, it's it's literally like oh Rocky. Oh, that's easy half, to get to. Half a mile. Yeah. Yeah, you take Route Two, all that good stuff. So, but since we're recording, let's not give out our home address. No, so, no, yeah. no, 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 okay. no. I, I don't, I don't, I don't have it on there. I, it, right. I just want to make good, sure. Just, just, I, I mean, I live somewhere in Connecticut. So, yep. yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm from like less than half a mile. From yeah, here, and, so. and and I and I'm I'm somewhere in Massachusetts. It's somewhere between somewhere in Massachusetts. It, it's somewhere between Provincetown and Wait, Great the, Barrington. Good luck figuring it out, assholes. <laughs> Nike missile site. What the fuck is this? <clears throat> wow. Is that like a, what is that? Uh, I don't think it's the shoe company, fellas. <laughs> Nike missile site. What the fuck is this? Wow. Well, it sounds like it's a missile site. To Reddit. <laughs> but likely it was named after the Greek goddess of victory. Because they had a tendency to name all kinds of rockets and things like that for a long time after, you know, Greek and Roman gods and heroes and stuff. Just do it. Yeah. Shut up, Johnny. Just do it. No, we're talking about the Greek. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> it's a crossover of uh, what Brandon was saying in a big Lebowski. So he- heaven, heaven. Oh, it was actually it was actually <clears throat> a, uh, a location where a missile was. Yeah, an actual missile. So so missile site isn't just a clever name then. No. <laughs> no, it was to looks like it's was to protect Hartford. Yeah, from the communists? I don't what from what? Yeah, it's 1950s or was that uh cuz that doesn't look like a No. I don't know. When when every single time there was a baby boy born, oh, the, do- you know the doctor delivering yeah. them would be like, "Finally, another soldier in the war against communism." <laughs> <laughs> Why did Superman say that? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a weird take from from Mr. Superman, but okay. Maybe I mean, in the, in in the 50s, odd, like <laughs> in the 40s and in early 50s, mm, 
Not so much. Not not so much, unfortunately. Now let's celebrate with some Paul Mall cigarettes. Oh, there, yeah. There's That's nothing like celebrating with Paul Mall cigarettes chock full of vitamins and war bonds. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> Superman, oh, how can I help? <laughs> By fighting the dirty... Oh, okay. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, hey, hold on. Aren't you the same guy that fucking fought the KKK? I'm confused here. That was oh, a recent that, turn of events. It all depends on who's writing me. Who the fuck is writing you right now? Dean Kane? Get the Howard fuck out of here. Oh, no. It's gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Frank Miller? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, that happened recently, too. So Yeah, I know. Actually, you said it wasn't too bad, right? Like the, it, wa- uh, it wasn't. Yeah. The, the one with him the, and Romita? Yeah, it really wasn't. Um, They did not give him the carte blanche he once had with DK3, the master race, uh, straight up. Like, it was far more cohesive, and um, it actually had a spinoff at the at least one. I was I was so surprised by uh, DK3. I'm like, wow, this this that's not bad. You know, yeah, it's like for, it's for either one, great, of them. but it's not bad. <laughs> yeah, which considering. The Dark Knight Strikes Again, not bad, is fucking phenomenal. (laughs) Comparatively. It's it's one of those things where it's like I kind of take in what I like from that and forget the rest. Like I I try to forget some stuff from that one, you know? Honest to God, the only thing that ever really stuck with me is like, and I think I've said this before, the only thing that stuck with me is like relatively cool was when Batman finally pieced together like a lot of what Luther was doing. Yeah. And how he was doing it. Uh, and when he realized, like, oh, wait, I figured out how he's he's getting electricity so cheap to the entire country. Exactly. And he breaks into the facility, and it turns out he's had Barry Allen running mm-hmm. nonstop, 24-7, 365, on a, a, a circular, like a hamster wheel, essentially, that he's trapped in. Uh, and he just he can't ever stop and that is what's generating all the the electric power for like the country and uh the captain marvel one got me man they they stop it and then fucking barry when they first stop it like he looks horrible i mean like the gigantic gigantic dark purple bags under his eyes and everything and he stopped like he's like oh my god thank you and he stops and he stops for what maybe amounts to like five seconds. And then he stands up and he's like fully refreshed. He's like, oh, man, thanks. I really needed that. And I was like, that is the coolest fucking flash thing <laughs> I have ever seen. Like hands down. And like as a flash nerd that I mean, explains certainly for me why that was like my biggest takeaway from it. Um, but yeah, I can't even remember this Shazam thing. Yeah, so the the whole idea is like uh, Billy Batson was sick and he died, and because uh, he wasn't doing so well, but so only Captain Marvel was left. So if Captain Marvel dies, there was no <laughs> Billy. He just fades into nothing. Oh, so yeah, yeah, and yeah, and yeah. he still kind of uh, goes and sacrifices himself. I'm like, oh man, I'm like this is so good, you know. And it's like one of my favorite parts. It, it's it reminds me a lot of like elements of of Kingdom Come. Like oh yeah, that. definitely. Yeah. The Martian Manhunter too. It, like, it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's not so much like, you know, uh, been enfeebled because he tried to like touch minds with the entire world, but he's just like an asshole raging alcoholic where like three of his five livers have failed. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Still, like, I mean, some of it was you know, very uh, you know, like some of the stuff we were covering over in Comics Paradox, just like very edge loady. Like, all right, Miller, you know, you're not like 25 anymore, right? You can. You can stop. Like we, 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 we showed up for the for the for the comic. You don't have to sell us any harder. Just, just make the fucking cool story that we expected. And um, yeah, man, dude. boy, oh boy, did we get halfway there, kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's got it's it's problems. Uh, most specifically, the story. So <laughs> you know, but uh, luckily yeah. we don't have to talk about that one today. But but it does it does kind of bring up some some notes of that. Uh, yeah, I, I've and, never read anything past the the Dark Knight. Yeah, whole, I mean you can you can live that way too and be perfectly yeah. fine. Like it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I like, don't want to say I, I did I, not I, make that choice. And far be it from me to say you're missing out per se. 
Um, yeah, it's I, I, I mean, for, for my part, I could say like, oh, you know, you should check it out. But that's also because I live my life by the tenet of misery loves company. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I will say, I will say like it, the only thing that, that sucks. I shouldn't say it's the only thing. One of the main things that sucks is Dick Grayson. Sorry. D DK three actually is like a pretty decent story, but you need to read strikes again in order to get to DK three. That's, that's the only, that's the biggest, I think downside for DK three. And they're all Frank Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Frank yeah. Miller wrote and drew obviously um, the, uh, dark Knight dark returns Knight. and yep. dark Knight strikes again, but with DK three, the master race, uh, he wrote it and John Romita jr. Drew it. Uh, and then well, there's uh, a... Andy, uh, Andy Hubert did it. Hubert. Oh yeah. 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 Oh, okay. yeah. The, the um, Superman one we were talking about, it was uh, John. Yeah. Romita. That's right. Yeah. The, 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 there's a Superman one and it's, um, I think it's called, D is it DK three, the golden child or something like that? Or just DK, the golden child. Oh, geez. I was thinking of the, it's not like a year one or something like that. Oh, well, uh, Frank, no, Miller no. Did, Frank Miller did, did a Superman year yeah, one. Superman year one. Yeah, he yeah. did do that, but that's not that's not it. Um, D, DK three, um, the Golden Child or something like that. Yeah, year one is the one that I was thinking of. Um, let's see what else he did. It's Dark Knight Returns: The Golden Child. Okay, that's, cool. That's what it's called. DKR the Golden Child. Yeah, and it's a one shot. But yeah. Mm. Was that one so was, was that good or that one's okay. It's All okay. Right. Um it, it ends like really ambiguously. Uh and if you've I mean I don't want to say too much about it because like for Leo and anybody Just else, tell you know, us how it made you feel. Um, I didn't hate it. Okay. You know, I was like, all right, you know, this is, this is certainly a take. I can't, there's no basis to, to, for me personally, like canon wise, story wise, there's no basis to complain about it um, for characters because these are characters within it that Frank Miller created um and it's it's organic from the story that was set even as far back as uh dark knight returns um you know Are there any not um nazi uber mentions with uh women who have swastikas as pasties not in that one okay uh not that Literally i recall everything else he has has that <laughs> yeah i know um everything i know uh no i mean to be to be perfectly honest, uh, the Golden Child. It's this isn't given too much weight. You find out after the events of like returns and, and what have you. You you kind of with strikes again. We understand that Superman and Wonder Woman they actually like got married. They they are in a relationship. They have at least a kid. Uh, and as the story goes on, you find out they they actually have two kids mm -hmm. they have their older daughter lara who was named after superman's kryptonian mother uh and of course this she's she's powerful as hell because she's half amazonian half kryptonian uh and then they have a little boy whose name is jonathan uh and jonathan is like he's like the franklin richards of frank miller's future dc universe this kid is like nth level powerful I, I i can't even begin to explain exactly what his powers are it's like it's like watching watching one of the crazy super powerful supermen from like all-star superman man in the future you know like um but like yeah there's some shit that goes down and it's uh it's okay. You know, it, 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 like I said, it ends rather ambiguously. I didn't, I didn't fall in love with it, but I didn't hate it. You know, it, it would take an awful lot, I think, to bring everything back down to the dislike I had after reading Strikes Again. 
that's yeah it was it was such um such a letdown i mean it was like it, it's funny too because it doesn't even go from like hot to cold or anything or or like you're like, oh okay it would go to like lukewarm it's like no it goes from like hot to freezing you're like wow what a serious jump this has made and by the time you get to the end of it you're like did anybody like this you yeah know? and not not only that but it's like why like you took so much time to get to this point in the story and i feel like this was stretched out and, and you know, it was it was it was self indulgent, really, uh, and and that that's it, it sucked to feel that way at the time, and it still certainly sucks to say. But I mean, Frank Miller, he kind of he kind of changed a bit, um, somewhere along the line, and I just can't I can't speak to some of the decisions that he made in it. I'm not saying like it was I, like I stand by his early stuff. You know, oh like, yes, yeah, I'm saying his early stuff is great. great. I'm I'm talking yeah. about like at that point, you know, we get like All Star Batman, uh, Dark Knight Strikes Again, and that's all from Frank Miller. It's like I don't. Oh, he did All Star Batman as well. Oh yeah, man, that's oh, um, that was fucking terrible. So, somebody asked Jim Lee one time if uh, he would ever finish it, and he was so emphatic. And then and then someone's like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it was supposed to be 13 issues or, or yeah, 13 issues, I think. And um, I, I even have like the hardcover of it, but it's like all Jim Lee drawn Frank Miller. Written. <laughs> it's supposed to be literally all-star. Like you get the all-star writer with the all-star, um, the all-star artist. artist. And it's a circumstance where you're like, you're back in that spot where nemesis is where it's like, okay, I like this writer for the most part. And I like this artist a lot. What the hell's going on? Yeah, Why who is this for? I'm like, everything here is not what I want. You know, I'm like, I like one scene where he's like taunting Hal Jordan and he's got a room full of yellow, but also it's a silly scene and I hate it. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's weird. I both, that holds I both up. like parts of it and I also hate parts of it because I don't know who they were trying to talk like, oh, Batman. I'm like, how many times is he going to call robin the r word like, it just makes me think of jason with, okay. it makes me think of jason schwartzman is is um cool ethan in the movie slackers it's like i love her completely <laughs> and i hate her completely but that's between me and her to work out in a little locked room what what <laughs> the fuck did you just say that's that's the fans reaction and relationship with all-star batman i hate it and i love it but that's between us. And we'll work it out in a little locker room. Yeah, I definitely don't love it. I don't want to. I don't want to put it out there that I love it. Like I may. Oh like yeah, I mean, armor, I don't. I, I don't love it. There's two things in my mind that stick out about terrible Batman shit, or like circa that time. <laughs> Just mention them. <laughs> and uh, besides those two, there's. I mean, specifically in All Star Batman, I can't even remember much detail about it other than that him going terrible Daredevil crossovers up there for uh, me. I'm the goddamn Batman. Like, all right, cool, man. Uh, he he must have said it. It felt like he said it like five times in the first issue. I don't uh, think I leave that out for people to see that I own. And then <laughs> uh, Darren Aronofsky had like a, a script going around where he was like going to be doing like a Batman year one type movie. This is before Batman begins. And uh, his idea was to bring it back to like the 70s. And have Batman like doing his thing then. A lot and, of Joker. And but uh, you know, it was gonna be like like a, a fucking like classic 70s like ride that his the was gonna be the Batmobile, none of the fucking nipple mobile that we got in Tim Burton. And uh one of the, the big things about it was in the script, and I read the script, it's fucking terrible. Like Commissioner Gordon is just a caricature and it's like every other fucking page. It's like Commissioner Gordon cracks a beer, then cheats on his wife. <laughs> like, oh, and if you were on, and this is a really old fashioned sentence. Uh, if you were on ain'titcoolnews.com's threads, <laughs> that was the biggest, the biggest thing you saw repeated on so many different like article threads. Whenever anybody was talking about how stupid something looked, they'd be like, Oh, so, you know, like uh, I, I can't even think of another movie. But if if it even remotely seemed ridiculous, like Superman, <laughs> Superman cracks a beer, then cheats on Lois Lane. Like it, it was just, it became a trap. Wow, that, 
that literally makes the lines that Bane had in Batman and Robin sound like poetry. Like just like in, in terms of like just being well written versus like being schlock versus being terrible. Now you're going from hot to freezing again. And, and it's just like, wow, Darren Aronofsky. Did somebody say freeze? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like everybody, everybody chill. chill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Did you uh probably not, but you haven't read the new Batman and Robin yet? No. 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 The new new issue. I, I bought it on it. Wait, Batman and Robin, the series? No, yeah. I, I just get Batman and I think Batman and Catwoman. Okay, uh, yeah, there's a new series actually by the writer for uh, tonight's issue. Um, oh, Josh Williamson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Batman I know that and... from reading what I wrote. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a ticket, see? Yeah, um, yeah it, it wasn't that bad. It's uh, Batman and uh, obviously Robin is uh, Damien. I saw the and, sketch cover for it, um, which which seems like something I'd probably want to pick up. So if I was going to read it, yeah, it's uh, it's only one issue right now, um, and similar to what they're doing in the silly storyline that's going on right now is is the storyline split up between different uh, um, books. Is is uh, Zdarsky still doing Batman, or is he done with Batman? No, is he's still doing Batman. Wow, because I I know he just ended um, with uh, Daredevil because I just saw the new Daredevil, which of course went back to number one. Um, see, of course one, it did. Why wouldn't it? Salad Bang up it. job, Marvel. Let's yeah. keep confusing everybody. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like that about Marvel specifically. Like, and I I don't know why they keep messing with you know like some of these titles. It's like, dude, you have 800, 900 issues of of like Thor and friggin' Spider Man and uh, Fantastic Four. Just let them ride, man. Let them ride. Say well, what, it, say they, what you they, want they... about DC and their crises, but uh, you know at least everything doesn't constantly get set back to number one like every other fucking month because it's been mandated by Warner Brothers. I think it's so, happened twice, right? <laughs> Well, so are they doing what they did with Spider-Man, where Spider-Man, they set back to number one, but then they said legacy number is like 800 and something? Not in, uh, maybe in Daredevil, but it's not in the book. So maybe it's like somebody's okay. keeping it on a database somewhere, but. Probably, yeah. I mean, when Spider-Man, uh, Amazing Spider-Man got booted back to number one, like a bunch of years ago. Um they they kept up the numbering and eventually I think it came back to the regular numbering, but then they started doing some weird numbering like you know, two hundred one point four or whatever oh, the hell yeah, it was. That's it, yeah. and stuff. Oh, it's almost as bad as the triangle numbers in fucking DC back in the nineties. You guys remember those? No, you don't no, remember the fucking the triangles on the on the covers? No shit. Okay, this might be eighties. Hold on. Yeah, this is 80s. They don't have it. Yeah, the triangle triangle number was like the number book it was for like the entire year for publishing. It was just like weird. I don't know. How do you guys feel about um like number one issues and stuff like that where it's like do you think that number one is always the best issue out of out of the whole whole series normally or do you feel that it's like it just leads to a better issue it, it's a marketing ploy you know it, it, it's like when i was younger i always grabbed the number one because it's hey it's it's the number one but uh we we had a heated discussion about this on splash pages uh where i i i feel that uh i think we need to get rid of like the the monthly books and the weekly books and just go to just storylines. Just, you know, fuck all the continuity. Just say, you know, if you're going to have books cross over, that's fine. But just bring that everything to like... cake for you, Leo. I'm yeah. kind of... Like, that's pretty crazy. So you, yeah, you it, kind of set everything up like it would be a graphic novel. And how would yeah. it be consumed? Everything's going to be, you know, it could be... Sorry. Um it's still like a weekly or monthly book, but there's no continuity to worry about. So say if you have, you know, flash going on and then you have, you know, uh, some writer that comes in and says, Oh, we're, we're gonna, you know, kill off flash and, and make, uh, you know, uh, Hal Jordan, you know, uh, flash now for some reason, then the next writer needs to 
continue that bizarre storyline. It's like whose line is it anyway? But with comics, yeah, it, it's yeah. So so yes, and universe, yeah. I mean, it I, sounds I, like it sounds like the exact thing I've been saying. I want there to fucking be for a while. Like I've been saying, like I would love for them to do take like use the Earth Two series as an example where you just have this story and just tell the story. And there were different artists and writers that came through on different portions of that entire run through every version of that series. It's permutations. I want, I want desperately to see them do that with just a straight through continuity in that way. That way you can jump around and still have stories take place within it that different artists and different writers could come in and, and play around with. But stuff still keeps moving forward. Have Superman well, show up in 1938. Batman shows up in 1939. Boom. Go. Show us the stuff. If you want to do a special that takes place in the fucking 80s that shows us Bruce Wayne Jr. as Batman and, and his son, Nightwing, then do it. You know, that doesn't take away from what's happening currently. It can inform what's happening or it can just be a one-off adventure. But like it does, you know, just just tell the story. Different different people, and it, it it's it shouldn't be that confusing, you know. And in this day and age, there's there's no excuse for saying like, well, people will get too too confused and too, you know, too intimidated by how many how many issues have come beforehand. Yeah, man, that shit's all <laughs> easily accessible online and in graphic novel format this is not 1972 anymore i was thinking how many graphic novels do they sell and then they'd be like well i don't think people are gonna follow blue beetle the character yeah how many do you think sold when the movie came out dumbass look at look at supergirl legacy how many how many friggin uh you know of those are selling you know it's, oh yeah it well sold out that's on, on at one point that's yeah. like i think the most brilliant thing that i've actually seen dc do since um like i mean not that they've gone full bore with with marketing on some of these movies just because they know that it's like the end of the dceu however the fact that we were seeing these uh these trailers these commercials for some of these movies coming out and at the tail end of each one of them we were seeing check out these comic books if you're interested in what in who this character is and it would give you like two yep. graphic graphic novels right there i'm like that's the kind of shit we should be seeing with comic book movies. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. And if there's any homework, quote unquote, to be done before you see any of these movies, that should be it. It shouldn't have to be spending fucking, you know, 18 hours watching a whole bunch of other stuff to get something that might tangentially connect to everything that came before it and then hopefully lead to something else. That's that's a problem we're seeing in both comics and these movies is that yeah everything isn't made to stand on its own two feet and it's it's kind of gross uh, i i never read superman comics as a kid in the 90s hoping that it was going to lead to some gigantic story arc like some big epic throwdown it was the stuff i just read week to week and month to month like because i liked the character i liked his adventures there's that piece of the formula is missing across the board you know, yeah, so, so, so you're saying that like uh, people would read the Eternals and all that going into the movie because they think there's going to be some sort of tie-in. I just I wouldn't enjoy that because I don't care. You know, like I don't. Well, and that's okay. Well, I, Not everything has to be for everyone, but that's yeah, that's exactly. the problem. Is Marvel, Disney, they want to they want everyone to believe that it's one size fits all, and if you miss any one of these things, you're going to miss a huge part of what comes up next. I just think that's become very disingenuous in the revisionist history on how Marvel approached what they were doing going in towards like, you know, eventually Infinity War and Endgame. I mean, they fell into that ass backwards from the start. It all happened because John Favreau thought it would be like cool slash funny to have uh, Samuel Jackson show up as Nick Fury as a little, you know, stinger at the end of Iron Man simply because of the fact that Mark Miller and Brian Hitch used his likeness with his permission as Nick Fury in the ultimates, which kicked off ultimate comics. Hey, made him some money, you know, and now, now I think he's like, 
Isn't he like one of the top grossing uh, actors of all time I, based he, on that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Mark Miller. Thanks, Brian Hitch. <laughs> hey, that being said, he still says that the most fun he ever had shooting a movie was The Long Kiss Goodnight. So what does that tell you? Wow. <laughs> he liked Gina well, Davis. And Brian Cox. So uh, just to back up for a second, you know, what we were talking about is, you know, like you said, if there's a tie in for a movie, that's just like a one shot series. That would be like a tie in for a movie. They've given up on, you know, uh, mentioning something in a comic course that they say, hey, go see, you know, Spider-Man number 34 for this reference or whatever. You know, they, they really don't do that anymore. And a new and it's, reader... I, it's ironic, too, because the accessibility now would make it easier to actually track down the thing yep. they're saying yeah. you should check out. And Leo, yeah, that exactly. happened in this very comic. Cause you and I were referencing like three different stories that were in the comic that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Right. And no mention oh, of yeah. yep. like, not even like check out Bane conquest, you know, issues one through 12 Jim, you know, or like check out, you know, uh, Tom King's uh, Batman 75 or, or yeah. legend of the dark Knight or, number dark or whatever Knight. it was. Yeah, exactly. Like none of those. And, yep. and it's such a good point. It's just, I guess it's weak editorial, right? Yeah. It, yeah. And I think we need to get back to the point is like, you have a character that has certain storytelling points, you know, like, you know, Superman's from Krypton, Batman's, you know, uh, rich and has a butler and whatnot, you know, just have the set parts of the story. And then just build off of that. And I love your idea, you know, Brandon, where if you got a writer come in and he wants to say, hey, let's write a story from, you know, Superman from 1938, you know, and have a storyline just for that. You know, it's just, you know, and each storyline could be totally separate on its own. It doesn't have to be interconnected. You know, if it references a mythos, that's fine. Um, but you can it, end it, them all like Picard's flute. You know, um, like oh, yeah. that episode of Next Generation where they wake up from a dream, but they have like all these skills and memories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, oh, I can't believe it was such a terrible dream. You're like, and, and in the meantime, people are going to be like, what the heck's going on? How come Superman can't fly and he can only jump? Well, actually, Timmy, that's what happened back in the day. Sit down and I'll tell you a yarn. You know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and that's that. that's what I'm saying. Like, you can have a lot of fun. You know, if you follow, I feel I feel like if you follow like the the generations slash Earth two format for a lot of these things, and even with Marvel, you know, just go back to basics, but tell a story where it logically progresses. And I think that there's a lot more people out there that would respond positively positively to that than either one of the publishers would even comprehend. Uh, especially considering how we have a lot of people just drooling over how everything should be connected and, and follow through and this, that, and the other thing, like, you know, it really, it's, it, it doesn't even, it doesn't even anger me. It, it just saddens me to see, like, for, for example, I'm not, you know, recently conversations were, were taking place um, with people whom I, I really like and, and respect and, a couple of them said stuff like, Oh, you know, that's the thing about these new movies that came that have been coming out from, uh, from like Disney slash Marvel, uh, which uh, extends to the comics too. Like, cause it, they're all trying to tie in and, and do the same bullshit all the time. Just trying to rope people into being a consumer. Uh, but Oh yeah, that these didn't all feel, uh, that connected and it doesn't feel like it's really building towards anything big. And, and that, you know, they just kind of lost their way in that. And it's like, why, why should they build towards something big? Like if you go to watch something, it should be able to just stand on itself. And yeah. same thing with any of the books that you're reading. I, once again, like if you pick up a, if you pick up a daredevil comic book, you should, you should pick it up because you, are interested in or genuinely like the character of daredevil you shouldn't be picking up going all right man i really hope the next like six to twelve issues of this leads up to some fucking like real slam bang fucking knockdown drag out shit in the middle of hell's kitchen i wonder if he's gonna become kingpin again just calm calm your fucking tits man like cool your jets hot shot it's so funny because i think 
exactly what you're talking about right now is how you read the Hickman X-Men run. Hope this leads to something, you know, it's like, I mean, it, but you know that I will say, I will say with the Hickman, the Hickman run, um, saying like, I, yeah. I, I hope it leads to something for me. Like there was more hope in that statement. I hope this leads to something than I've had regarding X-Men in a very long time, because I'll give him this much. He was doing something different. Very true. And, yeah. And the the for me personally, the thing about X Men is it was just spinning its wheels for so long. And as a kid, I I actually did have a difficult time. Like I loved Age of Apocalypse, uh, and that's because it was something so completely different. And when I whenever I would try to get into like regular X Men stuff, though, I I would just be like, this fucking group has been around since the sixties, and it's still the same exact thing. Like. Marvel's whole thing is like, oh, it's the world outside your window. And and for me, it's like, well, if we're going to say this is as realistic as it could get for these kinds of characters, why am I not seeing like realistic measures being taken in so far as the leadership and roster of teams and stuff like that? Like, I just had the hardest time believing that Professor X and or Magneto would not have been taken out by governments at that point. Like Professor X would have been okay for a while until they realized like he was at least former friends with Eric Lencher. And then they'd be like, uh, I don't think we can trust either of them. And it would probably be like a UN sanctioned deal. And that's where it made sense to me that Sentinels and all that other shit was being done, but nothing else. And then when you start getting further and further into it, I was, I was kind of digging when they moved to San Francisco and, Scott jumped in and, and he was like, nah, fuck this shit. I'm the leader of the X-Men now. And I was like, as it should be, because that's the thing that always puzzled me when I was younger. I'm like, why did it always seem like Xavier was grooming him to be the leader when he was oh, like he was grooming? Yeah, he was certainly grooming. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like th those were some good moves. And I, I really liked what they started doing with X-Force as like a black ops team. Uh, but then it all got pulled back and reset to square one. And the only thing it really did was it made us more sympathetic towards Magneto and they vilified Charles Xavier more. So they like juxtaposed their positions because we all kind of walked away like Magneto's not such a bad guy, but Xavier is definitely a fucking dick, right? He may be kind of evil. And well, that's the thing, too. You got 30 years of Magneto after he's been de-aged from Silver Age, right? Like X-Men 200 had the trial of Magneto where he was literally brought down to the age of a baby and then brought back. So it's like they kind of expunged all the bad shit he did in like the, you know, the Kirby and Lee era. Yeah. So so it's like you, you get to that point. So it's like, OK, clean slate, everybody, you know, and Ooh, then did, it's like, did he pee in a suit like Scott did? I think so. I don't know. I think I think maybe <laughs> one of the one of the best things I saw for trying to like it's a deep X Men conversation for a Batman. Oh uh, uh, well, you know, I, th I think I think there's some crossover between yeah, oh, Batman fans and X Men fans. You know, especially Wolverine with especially in in, um, in Cyclops, who who is very much a Batman tactician, yeah. just just like Batman, absolutely. Uh, but but the thing is, like, there's certain things that over time you know there were tweaks made by and it was always it, mark miller you know he came in and did ultimate x-men he didn't he was a dc kid he didn't know much about x-men and i respect the hell out of the fact that one of the first things he did in those ultimate x-men comics was it sounds small but it actually makes a big difference um magneto and the brotherhood of evil mutants they were no longer the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. They were the Brotherhood of Mutants. Because why on fucking earth would Magneto call himself and the people he's wrangled together evil? He thinks they're the good guys. And that's like a subtle difference, but it's it's a big deal. That that had actually changed well before, but that's... that's... Well, that's, <laughs> that just goes to show how much I fucking cared about the yeah, X-Men. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. 
Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Are you a fan of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic books? Then Epic Tales from the Sewers is a podcast for you. We cover the comic books, video games, movies, cartoons, and anything else turtle-related. We talk about the toys, we talk about the cereal, we talk about all the fun things about turtles that we love so much. So give a listen. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Check out Epic Tales from the Sewers, part of the Epic Airways podcast network give a listen dudes cowabunga is this podcast for you i like i like um i like a lot of that run too and it gets a little weird at the end but it's really cool because you start getting like good good um like uh beast in in scott summers and gene gray and you never had those characters where you really cared about them yeah. Where it's like, oh, wow, I actually care what Jean Grey thinks. How many stories can you think of where that is something where you actually care what Jean Grey thinks? Not oh, many. For real. You know, it's like she's just she's like that sexy lamp they talk about. She's just there to be in, in the in the background and, and look nice and shed a little Fragile. light. Yeah, exactly. You know, she must she, be Italian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing is you you kind of you kind of get like slightly more development on some of those characters and you know there there was a, a short period of time there where marvel before the movies were were really banging out or anything like we had a couple x-men movies and a blade movie um mm-hmm. we we uh you know we we were getting some some pretty interesting stuff uh and they were actually pushing things forward we were getting some development that we had not gotten before. I actually was like, not saying it was the the best story, although I do think parts of it were pretty good. But the fact that they finally gave Wolverine an origin story, that was that was my biggest gripe with that character. It's a, it's a fine story. It's it's yeah. like like okay, you guys told the story. All right, good. Yeah. I guess that's and it. My, you know? And but it's the right. fact that they didn't for thirty years, thirty two years or something like that, that was like my biggest gripe about the characters like listen i understand like i can look at wolverine like objectively and say like oh yeah he's he's a blunt instrument you know you send him in and he does stuff and he says cool lines and then he he gets hurt really bad he grows back and then he moves on to the next thing but for me personally and and i know i'm painting in broad strokes there but you gotta understand like from somebody who didn't read x-men and was aware of the character and would occasionally read stories that involved him. I was like, oh, all right. I, he didn't really appeal to me. Like, okay. So he, he was grabbed by some kind of government project and given claws and he can heal, but he doesn't remember anything, but somehow he had some kind of past that is fragmented, but he still kind of remembers, but doesn't. And Sabretooth is his father or brother or something. I don't know. Why do they always meet on each other's birthday? It's fucking weird. And then finally, like, I just couldn't, I couldn't get behind him. Like, give me a fucking reason to like this guy. Like, what's his raison d'etat? You know, like, just, just give it to me. And finally, Origin came out and I was like, oh man, that sucked. All right. I get it now. (laughs) All right. I, I, I understand it. That, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Even, even explaining like his infatuation with redheads when he when he meets them all goes back to the girl rose that was basically like his older sister that he became more and more infatuated with as he hit you know puberty and and was growing older so and i i i really honestly the my one i think the one disappointing thing for me from that entire that entire ordeal was just i really expected dog to become sabertooth i thought i thought for sure he was going to be Sabretooth. Uh, and then that just, that just wasn't a thing at all. I think, I think I, I even I, had the motion comic of that, like on DVD somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know we need to get to uh, one bad day, but uh, how did he come back to life? Like, I know that I picked oh, up. You mean after issues. he was like, encased in adamantium and shit? Yeah. I have no idea. 
That's uh, that's a story for another day. You can check that run out. The Return of Wolverine <laughs> by Charles Sewell and uh, Steve McNiffin, uh, Comics Paradox Own. Steve McNiffin. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, uh, there's that story, the return of you can, you can read that. It's a, uh, I believe it's a five issue run. But um, there was also some really cool tie-ins um, that were kind of singular stories that um, used characters that were kind of unconventional. Like there was uh, one where Daredevil teamed up with Cipher and another character who made like these really weird sort of uh, duplications of whatever he wanted, and turns out he created a clone of daredevil that found his way into marvel continuity named mike murdoch who up until recently was a huge character and that was just a wolverine tie-in because charles sewell was writing or is it sewell or soul i don't know i think it's soul but um he was writing daredevil at the time so it was one of those things where it's like everything goes back to wolverine so it's, oh, it's pretty interesting and it sounds like they stole that from star trek next generation with the two rikers was he brought in by someone who had like reality warping powers kind of because this, uh, this happened like like during the the Adelan stuff with like uh, the the new uh, what are they called the freaking inhumans inhumans yeah. so it's, it's like it happened all during that so it was like right after the inhumans versus the x-men and like wolverine's wow. dead and then cyclops ends up getting killed by uh, uh well you know what a what a dark time for marvel comics it was when we were trying to replace the x-men slash mutants with inhumans and they had completely written out the fantastic four from everything you yeah. know just like the very first comic that started everything all together in the 60s yeah, kicked off the silver age yeah yeah no 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 let's just like out note cancel one of the longest running comic book series we have because we don't want 20th century Fox to be able to make any more fucking movies based on this shit. It's so, it's so shameful because the like, say what you like about like the Marvel movies and stuff like that. The Avengers has never been the, the book that keeps the lights on, you know, at Marvel, it's never been their number one. Iron Man was like a third tier character until his movie came out, you know? And it, and it's like, yeah, Captain America's up there. Thor's up there and stuff like that. But, I mean, it's they're never they've never been the most popular. I never ever cared about the Avengers as a kid. Yeah, never, I, I mean, ever. I liked Hulk. I'd be like, oh, cool, Hulk's gonna smash some shit, you know? It's like, but you know, yeah. I mean, it, I would I would read I would read X Men stuff, especially from like the sixties and seventies. Uh, I would I would read Incredible Hulk. I would read Spider-Man. What was the best storyline? Atlantis attacks. You know, oh. it's like like what what was the the ultimate storyline until Infinity Gauntlet came out? You can't even probably name one. You know, shit. Yeah, I think Atlantis yeah, it, attacks. It's really, it's really hard pressed to be like, oh, okay, that's the one where you know um, he turns into Giant Man and he dies in space. Oh, okay. You know, I got into Captain America for for a while, um, but even then, like, it really depended on the era you were reading. Uh, I think probably the very best thing I read for Captain America wasn't even an in-continuity story. It was a four-part prestige John format. Byrne. Yep. No, no. no. Okay. No. Oh, no, no. It was, it was, um, it covered, it was called The Adventures of Captain America Sentinel of Liberty. And, uh, it's, it's done in a very, you know, like I said, prestige format, four parts. Uh, and it's done very much in, uh, artistic format like it looks it looks good it looks oh, real cool. good and it it really goes in depth into steve seeing the newsreel and going down and trying to get into the army being classified 4f and it, i mean it really seems like a good chunk of that story was was pulled to cover some of captain america the first avenger the movie I wish that they had stuck with a, a lot more of that four-part prestige format for Captain America, the first Avenger, because there's so much of it that, I mean, it, it, it really cuts to the, to the core of it. And they go in depth into what Steve Rogers had to do to become Captain America. It was not as simple as going through boot camp and then being, you know handpicked to be the guy and then just taking like 
the the fucking pills or shots and then jumping in the the machine there was a lot more to it they they trained him body and mind well before that super soldier serum was activated in his cells and um they they even show that some of the some of the other guys that were right alongside him that were really close to being candidates and some of them they 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 found reasons not to just because of temperament and stuff like this one guy like yeah i don't know uh, i i'd be really worried that if he got it you know maybe uh maybe his uh his head might blow up because his mouth is so big and like oh yeah yeah he's a mouthy asshole we'll fucking write him off <laughs> like it, it was and uh then there's actually some uh james barnes buchanan well, in in even at that point in that prestige format, which came out in like the early nineties, like early night, late eighties or early nineties, um, Erskine in it, like he was saying, he um he said something like, "I'm gonna need this many liters of of uh, blood," and uh, one of the military guys, you know, colonels or whatever, was like, "Okay, well, we'll make sure we have." Uh, this many liters of uh you know white blood blah 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 and he was like um actually there's no difference between black men and white men so you can get me like whatever blood you can get because it's it we're all human beings like it's not a big deal and the colonel because this is such like a learned man and he's in charge of the project he was like oh oh well uh, okay then just uh, uh get the doctor all the blood he needs then but it, it's like such a subtle way of showing that dr erskine even though he you know he was coming out of nazi germany having been forced to work for them he understands like hmm these people that i'm working for now maybe aren't that much better and he but he made a point to say like no 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 like all people and that's the one thing that like really I wish they had played up on a bit more if somebody had read it and they when they did truth. Um because oh, yeah. Yeah. Erskine Erskine was definitely the kind of guy who um the way that they portrayed him in that that prestige format, like he um if stuff was done like the Tuskegee experiments, it wouldn't have been something that he necessarily would have been all about because it would have put him on the same kind of uh level as Josef Mengele back over in Nazi Germany and that was like exactly the kind of shit he was trying to escape you know so it's like the kind of thing that people would have taken his work and tried to like replicate it without him realizing it at another like another place another military base in America like I just feel like there was a little bit more yeah. that they could have done with that but it's that's still an excellent story truth yeah. uh red oh, white yeah. and black I'll check that uh, out oh yeah. that one that one's amazing uh, but I, I recommend reading uh, The Adventures of Captain America, Central of Liberty, and follow it up with Truth, Red, White, and Black, because it all takes place in the 40s. Like, uh, like all four issues of that Captain America thing. It's amazing. And, and to Leo's point, it takes place at that point in time, and it's a, it's a finite story. And it does it, it, you know the characters. Like, it tells a, a fully rounded deal. And it doesn't necessarily affect one way or the other what you know about the character at any other point. You can enjoy it for what it is. Like, why the fuck can't we do that? What did it lead to? The end of the story. And that's okay. That's fine. And if you if you like that, go back and, you know, see if that gives you renewed joy, you know, watching uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. You know, with, with your tie-in. So if you want your connected universe, there you go. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely i mean it's a good rant i think uh we we had a pretty good rant there <laughs> yeah yeah good good stuff everyone let's try not to break one another's arms patting each other on the back <laughs> it's my seal of approval <laughs> <laughs> that being said dara and i got to the 10th episode of star trek the next generation tonight the second appearance of q so uh yeah engage boys we're i'm I'm in there like swimwear. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to do the thing. I, she's finally like, all right, I know these characters now. And I'm like, don't get used to some of them. <laughs> <laughs> I think one's already gone at this point, right? Nope, not yet. No, wow, she, wow, she is still there. Yeah. Two of them are still there right now. Um, I can't wait for one of them to go because I just don't like her. I, it's not. Yar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, Yar. Yeah. <laughs> yar. She's uh, she's way better as a Romulan. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we oh, haven't she, gotten, she... we haven't gotten Pulaski yet. We haven't. We're we're still. That's a fun time. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like a, oh that happened. Well, I'm glad it's over. <laughs> don't forget, Yar came back to uh, uh, helm the Enterprise seat. I would rather forget that. <laughs> yeah, I um, I know there's there's like a lot where Denise Crosby keeps showing up. So, but I like I said, yeah. I like her as a Romulan. Well, actually, yeah, that's why she became a Romulan because she went back in time with Enterprise C, survived, and uh, got uh, fully functional with a uh, Romulan, right? Sure. I, I, I don't know, boys. I, I'm, I literally just said I'm on episode fucking 10 and oh. I haven't watched Next Generation with any kind of regularity since I was probably seven. All oh, I can uh, say is if they have this little headset where you're trying to get a ball into like this uh, CGI sort of uh, uh, hole with like your mind, just be careful because you might be addicted. I do. I do remember the number of lights. I, I do recall that. I gotta say though, I it is really I, I as somebody who loves DS Nine, I fucking I am I'm sitting there like with, with like panic sweats, like what the fuck is going on with the Ferengi in the early episodes of this oh, goddamn dude. series? Season is- one and the first part of season two are like a hard watch at this point because now you're yeah. like, is he gonna kiss Wesley? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you know, like, I just seriously. he's such a fucking Picard is such a dick too. Like he's nowhere near like the. He got better. <laughs> yeah, he does get better, but I mean, it, he's just like from the onset, they're like, listen to me, number one. I don't like children. Keep them away from me, but don't make it seem like I dislike them. Like, pick a fucking lane, JP. Yeah, Riker, <laughs> Riker is like likable out the gate, you know? Oh, but yeah. Then, but then it's like, you're like, oh, I like that guy, you know? It is funny, like- though, right off the bat, both Jonathan Frakes and Patrick Stewart. It, I, I noted they both start with their um, signature moves mm, for mm-hmm. the rest of the series almost right away in the first season. Uh, Riker steps over chairs to sit down, and Picard always does this yep. when he sits fixes down, yep. fixes, fixes his uniform. And uh, I know for a fact that Picard, you know, that, that Patrick Stewart did this because the shit bunched up whenever they sat down and stood up and uh jonathan frakes had a bad back he was like it was just so much easier i'm tall i would just step over the chair <laughs> like, <laughs> like i wasn't trying to look cool i just <laughs> riker uh <laughs> <laughs> i have to say i i haven't watched next generation since it originally aired wow uh, yeah i yeah uh... i mean it's been it's been tough uh i will say i was i was both dara and i were very happy to see john delancey as Q in the tenth episode uh, of this first season, so you know, no nowhere to go but but up. So, yeah, I I was so addicted to Next Generation when it first came out. Uh, I I I had to back off a trek because I got like I was reading the encyclopedia. I knew where the bathroom was on the Enterprise. Jesus, uh, I I even knew the barber's name on the Enterprise, and my friend said, "You're in too deep." Just back off. And, uh... <laughs> well, I had to explain to Dara who Rom was from the most recent episode of uh, Lower Decks. Which, by the way, um, did you watch, Leo, did you watch the most recent episode? Uh, what was the... The Ferengi show up and it's... Oh, yes, Grand yes, Vegas yes. Yep. Rom. Yep. Yeah, and it's it, it actually is... Um, the two actors who played Rom and his wife from Deep yeah. Space Nine, the the Bajoran woman there. I love baseball. Uh, I love baseball, and I was like, and I was like, ah, it's <laughs> because he loves. See, Cisco would always keep it, and she's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm like, yeah, that that sounds right, actually. But uh, the 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 thing about it was, uh, we're we're watching it, and I had to explain to her. Um, it took it wasn't until i went back afterwards and i just happened to land upon lower decks and i was checking like the video quality so i i restarted and it was that same episode it was the most recent one i didn't realize that the name of the episode is a reference to a completely different um 
comedy series that was done in Britain. Uh, the really? name of the episode, yeah, uh, the name of the episode was like uh, Parth Ferengi Ferengi's Heart Place or something like that. Hold on, I'll I'll, I'll tell you in a second. Oh 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 yeah. Lower decks. Let's see here. Um, I, I didn't I didn't see the title, but yeah the the title of it was yeah Parth Ferengi. That was exactly it. Parth Ferengi's Heart Place. Garth it is, Marenghi's dark place. It yeah. is a it is a a full on reference to Garth Marenghi's dark place. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, dark place, dark place, dark place!" And I was like, "Oh, the theme song to the show is based on tunes originally whistled by Garth Marenghi." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that reminds me. Um, I don't think you're not watching it yet. The British version of Ghosts. No. Not yet. Uh, the fifth and final season is about to air. Well, that's that's actually that's good. Then uh, you know, if it's the final season, then I I don't necessarily have a problem jumping in and checking it out. I'll get there. I'll get there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you guys want to you guys want to talk yep. about Batman stuff? Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we, we could. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bacon and pancakes. So. Wise guy, eh? <laughs> 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 all 